from Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning. Hi, I'm Carrie. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Carson. Welcome to our podcast. You'll be listening to some of our best moments of helping people to live their best lives and all while, get this, working with horses. We will be your hosts and have tons of guests along the way. Subscribe today and happy listening. We're in the third part of this series already, if you guys can believe it. But this is a huge question because what is right for your horses? Is this going to be the right career? Will they like it? We're always thinking of the welfare of people, but have we really taken that into account for how we're going to think of the welfare of our horses during all of this as well? So this is one of our very favorite questions, I do believe. It is. (laughs) I, I have to agree with you. And you know, all the clinics and the knowledge components that we add to understanding our horses more. The one key thing is listen to your gut. What is right for you and your horse? But we really are specific about the actual horse today, not about your needs, but the horse's needs. So it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, we care about you too. Oh, of course we do. (laughs) But it's strictly just about the horse, right? Yes. So we'll be giving lots of ways today that you can kind of figure out, is this going to be right for your horses? Will this work into their lifestyle as well as yours? So all of that's good stuff. And I guess from here, we should probably introduce ourselves. Oh, that's usually a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is Carolyn Charles. I'm the director of sales and marketing, as well as an instructor and a facilitator for Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning. Hi, and I'm Carrie, the founder of the Equine Connection and, of course, master instructor, helping people just like you globally around the world to be able to do what it is that we do. And what we do is so amazing. It's so purposeful. (laughs) It's such a privilege. It's so humbling to see that when you actually allow a horse to be the actual teacher, not the human controlling the horse and everything that it needs to do, but allowing that horse to literally communicate to these human beings. And then the human being goes, oh my gosh, I know what this horse is telling me. They come up with their own ways to solve their own problems in their own life. I tell you, there is nothing more humbling when you see a human being make a change because the horse has helped them to do so. And of course, in our course, it is all about that horse education because it's number one in this certification. The horse is paramount in the welfare component because we do not make our horses do anything. Because if we made our horses do things, then they're not being allowed to what? Teach and help those human beings to be able to move forward. 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 (laughs) And we've got a few people coming on already. Penny. Hello, Miss Penny. We've got Susan on here. Lisa. Jenny. Heidi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all. (laughs) (laughs) Or good evening for any of you who are watching Wherever it may be. That's exactly exactly right. So I think we go into this, we jump in, okay? Feet first. But actually, facts first. I know. I love facts. <laughs> facts make me so happy. So happy. So happy. So we've got loads. Like we have pages and pages and pages. And we're going to try to keep this to 30 to 40 minutes because that is the goal. But anytime we talk about horses, as you are all aware, because you're horse people, you could just talk about horses until the cows come home, <laughs> it's, right? It's, it, it's just the way it is. So one of the first facts for us to know and understand our horses is a horse is a horse. Is a horse, of course. And it's really important that we understand those pieces because we cannot ever put our human ideas onto what a horse needs because then we're doing it wrong because that's not right for our horses. It is right for us as humans to understand what is right for horses and what it is that they need and what it is that they're saying. So, sorry. Saying, and of course, when we're working with them or when we're talking to them, we're always like, oh, I don't, he was like this or that. That's not what oh, we're talking about. No, 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 no. Of <laughs> we're course. talking about their actual needs and their actual teachings as well. Because like Carrie said, they are not, they're not human. We cannot impose those human pieces upon them either. So a horse can see 360 degrees day or night without moving their head. That is mind blowing. So if you think about it, each side of their head with their eye and their ear can each do the 180 degrees. So all together, literally without moving a head, 
they see everything in 360 degrees. Yeah. I think that's a fun fact. They're, and well, they're just cool, guys. Like when you think about the fact that we can't do that piece at all, even the way our ears are shaped is to cut for stuff coming at us from the forward piece. For them to be able to have that kind of awareness is huge. And again, one of those beautiful things that makes them amazing teachers as well. Another fact is a lot of people have been trained and thought that the only thing you can do is work with your horse on the right side. Get on your horse on the right side, not work with your horse, because we all know what you do to one side of the horse, you must do to the other side of the horse. They only have the one brain. So that's the cool piece. But we have to do the same thing on both sides. So both sides are bringing in to their brain that it, oh, this is good for either way. You'd yeah. never want to ignore a side. Yeah, because the right ear and the right brain go together and the right eye, they all go together to take in the information and same with the left-hand side, but they don't always cross over. That's why each side. Very well yes, said. Thanks. So for example, why was it taught to us to get on our horses on the right side? It's because of war. It's because of the sword because the sword would sit and they could get on their horses much better, obviously going on the right side. So the sword would sit as they were riding along. But that is not true any longer unless you are in war and you need that sword on the side. Otherwise, even here, I practice both sides of my horses because it's good for them. And the other thing is fair horse. She actually had a horse shelter land on her back. Now, this was before we had, before she came into our life. So she was actually ripped from her wither all the way to her back end, like huge massive. rip and tear massive that this horse shelter ripped her apart. Now, the funny thing is she's very cool because I did send her away to a beautiful horse trainer that I 100% trust, who is very kind and understanding and communicating with horses properly. He trained her to be a riding horse. Oh, the smoothest riding horse I've ever had in my life. Like she is phenomenal. But you know, the one thing that really bothers her, and it took me a long time to catch on to this. So don't even feel bad after you learn some of these things today, because you don't know what you don't know until you do know. But when you do know, now you have the responsibility to make the changes that your horse is actually needing. So she was telling me for a long time, it really hurts her to get up on the right side. So now I finally did listen. And now the only way I get on her is on the left side. And let me tell you, that was training for me because my body awkwardly did not move that exact same <laughs> way as it does the other way. But that made her mucho happier. But it's so interesting because you could go to the point of, yeah, we're going to train this into her. We're going to make sure Ew. she's going to do this on this side because that's what I want to do. But when you actually take the moment to say, well, is this working for both of us? That's when the beauty comes into it. And she enjoys yes. the whole process so much more now than she did before. Well, both of you guys, forward, back, forward. <laughs> I just want to get on you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my but gosh. She enjoys it so much more because it's not that tedious process of getting it all going just to enjoy a ride together. You bet. The other fun fact is horses are not touchers. Even though we want them to be touchers, they are not touchers. Human beings, we are the touchy, we are the feelies, and we need that. Yeah. That's why COVID is so hard. <laughs> Even for introverts. Yes. Like, I just want to walk around and hug people. I do. I do. <laughs> I want to hug everybody. However, so understanding why a horse is not a toucher is really important. But this is the beauty with our prey animals they still allow us to do the touching that is required because we as humans do need to touch. But watch the herd. Watch mm -hmm. how they go around and they work together. They don't go touching each other. Like they're really bad, except they're for when they do touch each other. But we are <laughs> actually going to get into that yeah. in the actual pieces of, if, is this right for my horse? But, but it's not a need. It's not that they, it's they, not need, that they that need that. Yeah. I mean, they need other things way more than they need a human being to give them a touch. Yes. Okay. So that's really, really important that we understand that as well. You know, I was reading this today. I found this and I thought this is uh, kind of interesting. I never actually do very well when I read off paper, but I'm going to try to <laughs> read it off Super paper. Super profound when it's just coming straight. I know. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because sometimes people will say this. Horses are prey animals. Eyes on the side of their head. Dogs are predators. Humans are predators. Why? We got the eyes in front of our head. 
So it's interesting because so many people always compare horses to dogs, but it's not possible because a prey needs something completely different than a predator animal. But horses aren't quite like dogs in their attachment to humans, but they do need, but they do form herds Thank you. Same. with their owners and their extent of attachment varies greatly from horse to horse. Horses definitely get attached to their owners and other caretakers who treat them well. Okay, so I thought that was kind of cool because that would make logical sense. And especially when you understand what it is that they need, this does come yeah. into play, right? That's actually a very smart way. We should put that other places. I know. Yeah, it, it, it really, really is, that. isn't it? Yeah. And of course, we've we've talked on the pad and the rub. Now, think about this. Even when we do parallels to, is, is this right for my horse and understanding what our horses are, think about even yourself. Put yourself in a prey animal situation for a moment if you can. Us as humans have the prefrontal cortex. So that's the thinking. We don't like this person. We like this person. We do many things in this area. Horse does not, mm -hmm. does not have that. So it's, it's really important that we understand it. But if we now know that horses actually rub versus touch, you see the pat? The pat, yep. the pat is what humans do. Or sometimes they go, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> we were doing a course a couple of weeks ago and somebody was like, good horse, whack, oh. whack. And both of us were like, oh. <laughs> like it hurt us physically. And like, okay, well, <laughs> let's facilitate this. <laughs> and think about that, even paralleling that. How would you feel even as that prey animal being padded <laughs> versus rubbed and yeah. look at your herd look at other people's herds when they come together they rub on each other well yeah. she's being very good with yeah. this so this is good so <laughs> A little to the left rubbing yes. is very important and it is hard to get ourselves out of that habit of good job yeah right but even did you see how when carrie did that i actually reacted differently because it doesn't seem authentic when you go to you Way to be, oh, right? I don't like that like, either. It's nice, whereas like, that's really fantastic. Oh, and that's it's just love. Like, that's that's feeling. Yes. And it doesn't have to be weird or anything else like that, but it does make a big difference with the feeling that's behind it too, because it is more authentic if you actually take the opportunity to think about your action and what you're putting on that course too. <laughs> the other one is treats. Now, there are a lot of us mm. who want to be the Italian mama, and we feel, this is human, we feel that our horse needs to have treats, lots of spaghetti and pasta mm -hmm. and meatballs. However, the treat to a horse is the release of a horse. We put the pressure on the horse as we're training, as we're learning, as we're putting even our intention onto our horse. That is our pressure piece. Mm -hmm. The gift to our horse is the release of that pressure. So now I am not going to convince you whatsoever to stop treating your horses because I know there are lots of you who make your heart feels great for giving your horse a treat. But just really keep in mind what is it that they actually need from you. So when we are, if this is right for your horse, we have to understand that when we're putting the pressure on for them to understand and do things, we have to always give them that gift of the release and literally just that release, even if it's stepping back, taking a breath, but being out of their space when they've done it right, we want to let them know, yes, this is the correct way of doing it. And I love to be able to say for our people that come in when they say, oh, well, they would just do that because you've treated them before, because you've taught them to do that with treats. Do that. Nope. Nope. We don't do that piece, actually. And even though, you know, some people may and everything, but that's not why you want your horses to want to be in the programs or to want to work with people. It's because that's what they actually genuinely enjoy doing. It's not a, it's not about the treat. It's like kids. You don't want to be, you say, okay, if you do this, if you clean up your room, I'm going to give you an ice cream cone. No, no. Cleaning up your room is part of being in the household, right? <laughs> like you live here, you clean. So it's it's one of those things that it's the want versus the, you know, you get this for giving that. Yes. Right? And it doesn't seem as, again, authentic to Brittany, Jean, Linda. Hello. So even for the treats, think about this. If you are thinking, is, is this right for my horse? Let's say doing equine assisted learning, riding, anything. Is this right for my horse? And you're a treater and you do the treats from the pocket. Now this is where you will have to make a change. If you're actually wanting to work and partner with your horses in a business of any kind, 
it can't be a treat from a pocket. Now you can give your treat. Now I, no clients ever get to do this. So hope nobody is listening to this. We as horse people, what do we do? Our hand. Okay, but do as I say, not as I do. But yeah. with clients, never, never, never can they ever use hands. We're, it would be a trough. We're not going to sue ourselves. No. <laughs> so it's okay. Well, I'm just checking. <laughs> Who knows who's around here? <laughs> but just changing that, because if you are that treat person, because it makes you feel good, not saying to change it, but change it from the pocket. Because you see, once you have clients who start coming into your programs, no matter who they are, they'll what? They'll go for the pocket. And you see, now your horse is not communicating. He's not telling that human being anything except what is he doing? He's looking for a treat because he's been conditioned that that's where the treats are. Yeah. So really take that in consideration. If this is, again, right for your horse, you want to change it so you're the professional so that if you are still a treater, which go to town with that, but do it in a different way so your horses aren't going to your clients expecting them to have a treat in their yeah. pocket. Because if they're brand new people to horses, that's not going to be a comfortable place where the horses are going in to try to, <laughs> to try to get that piece either. Oh, good morning, Tracy. I see Natalie as well. Feel free to throw in, guys, too, where you're from, because that always excites us. We always like to see that part, too. Gail Ecker oh, from yeah. the University yeah, of Guelph. I love this line. So really listen to the question and think about it before you answer. Does good health equal good welfare just let it soak in for a sec think about mm -hmm. it i wish i had the she deputy. tests people on this question all the time and it's a great question but we passed so we i was did. super yeah. happy <laughs> <laughs> have we given them enough yes time? i okay. think so so with this piece does good health equal good welfare we can be healthy but unhappy as humans, horses have that piece as well. If we, they could be a super healthy horse, but if they're confined to a stall 100% of their life, that's not welfare. That's not good welfare for them. So we can't, just because somebody or the horses are healthy physically does not mean that their welfare is great. And they could be a horse that maybe has a limp or something like that, but has great welfare and so is thrilled and happy with life as well. So these two things do not necessarily equal one another, but they have to be considered separately and both be considered as well. And you know, bringing that is this right for my horse. Think about your horses that maybe do have, they're lame, maybe someone's got a shoulder issue, maybe someone has a back issue, maybe someone ran through a fence and it's never going to be the same. These are our incredible teachers still. Even if we're not literally using them for a discipline, maybe they can be a part of their purpose as well by being a teacher in these incredible programs. So I love it because when you're in love with your horses, which we always are, the beautiful thing is when you're in equine assisted learning, just because something does go wrong with your horse doesn't mean you have to get rid of them. No. It actually means now you, you can bring them into your business. They would be considered a write-off to your business. And human beings have a lot of empathy for horses that they see have injuries because they parallel it to their own lives. Even we have one horse, his name is Pass. He has a cleft palate. Should have died before he was a year old because he usually catch pneumonia and die. He's 14 years old. When we tell that story of the survivor piece that he is, we are shocked how many people say, mm -hmm. you know what? I had that problem when I was young, the cleft palate. I want to be with this teacher because they understand it's nothing gross or, or bad that he's got goo coming all out of his nose, yeah. but it, it's very, very cool. So there's lots of things. I love Lisa's answer. I couldn't answer. I'm with Equine Guelph. <laughs> But isn't that, I just, I love, I love Gail and I love how she posed that question because it really does make you think, yeah, are we doing it for the health or for the welfare? And I mean, yeah. you need health too. Don't get me and wrong. With but. The horses who are, you know, do have issues or whatever else. Think of us humans. A lot of us have issues, but that doesn't mean we lack purpose. We Heck all no. still have beautiful purpose and the horses that get the opportunity to show that piece again and be teachers and give everything that they can, they appreciate it so, so much in that they are still useful. They still have purpose in this world. You know, and that is a fact. This is a, a total fact. Lots of times people may think that it's better for our horses to retire and just eat. Just go and graze. You've done your your duty in life. You just go graze the fields. 
do I get? Okay, so let's parallel that to a human being who I've done work. I don't have to do one thing. I live in a maintenance-free living condo. I'm going to lay on this couch and eat potato chips all day long. Where's the purpose piece to that? Like really think about those pieces when we can still, anything that lives and breathes on earth has purpose. What if that's what they're waiting for is just something to do that's a different job for them. Mm -hmm. And they're still useful because we all as living beings still want to be useful. Yeah. We don't want to be have people feel sorry for us or horses. They still feel again, well, we'll get into the fact pieces as well, just in the this yeah. next piece. But feet and teeth are another mm -hmm. huge one. Biggies. <laughs> this is so is so important. And when we don't understand the horse's teeth, especially, and again, you don't know what you don't know until you do know. Even for myself, for my first, I think, six years, all I did was ever get a horse's teeth floated. Now, then it, you learn, oh my goodness, there's equine dentists out there. It's changed my horse's life. So if yeah. you are having issues with your horse even around the head there's a place you can even poke on their head to see if they have a headache they're going to let you know you go touch their face in any way and their head raises really high go get their teeth checked very important it's but head to hoof though like it doesn't just affect yes! their face and that no kind of thing. we've had horse jordy when he first got done we were amazed at the difference between how and how he moved after yes. even like his balance seemed better so many things just seemed it affected his entire self, for sure. You bet. Yep. And feet, oh my gosh, it's so important. And if you're not happy with your farrier, get another farrier. That is a fact. You have the right because why you owe it to your horse. You are a horse owner. You owe it to your horse to know what's best for your horse. Mm -hmm. If a farrier is working with the horse and your gut is saying, I just don't like the way he's doing or she's doing things, listen to your gut. There's lots of great farriers out there. And so of course, true. the choice is, is yours. Okay, so let's go into the next component, which listening. is listening. This so is huge. It, it really is yeah. huge. But the number one thing you have to always keep in mind, the number one thing that a horse needs, that he needs to feel is safe. The number one thing. So if we have safe here, this helps us to do all of the other things, but it always has to go back to safe. So you see, if we're not listening to our horses, a horse is not safe. Mm -hmm. He can't be because here a horse is trying to tell you something. And what we do is we take him out of our space. We push him away or his head comes into us and we're like, no, the head goes away. We're not listening to what that horse is saying. So remember, number one thing a horse needs to feel is safe and now we can start to understand that and listen to those horses even going back to that first thing i read where is that now back here. The, the dog um the horses definitely get attached to their owners and other caretakers who treat them well treat them well does not mean treats no nope. it means they feel safe with them that's what that whole statement is about that that's what you want your horses to feel when with you that's the connection piece that you really need to have and that's why they would come in in liberty that so many things is because you've gained that peace where they feel safe with you and that's huge huge and when you think about how good that feels for you too that you're a safe place for them that's it's phenomenal to have that peace oh, Lisa, I like the little hashtag it really is oh an emoji con oh my gosh look at your wee little bambino there I like him oh he's so cute he is so cute okay. Okay, so you're going to have that back now. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so now here's the other thing. You don't know what you don't know until you do know. When I first started doing my equine-assisted learning career, what would I would do? I would use my horsemanship skills. Horsemanship is great, and do not get me wrong. And I love how the world is changing in horsemanship as well. With all of our beautiful trainers coming to a different place, and no, no, we got to now listen and understand their language before we're doing our horsemanship piece on them. And horsemanship is very, very safe. Like it's beautiful, but make sure whoever it is that you're learning from, use your gut. You don't have to change everything just because you go see Warwick Schiller and he does it all great, which I love. But it doesn't mean you have to go back and change everything. You just wanna take one or two things that, you know what? This makes sense for me, and I'm going to bring that in to see mm -hmm. if it's going to help him. So of course, when I first started, no horse was ever allowed in the space of a human being. 
being. So that meant if the horse did come in to touch a hand or to put his nose on the arm or do anything, I'd be, no, 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 chicken arm, yeah, chicken arm, chicken arm. And it's so funny that you don't understand what it is that they're saying. And this is where it got, does come in. However, now with Carolyn, mm -hmm. she wasn't that horse person. So the one thing she always saw, I always saw that they were speaking. Yeah. It never occurred to me to do the horsemanship piece. Like it, <laughs> the first thing would be like, what does that mean? It was never, Oh, back up, back up. Cause it, it was always meaning something, but that was the, the real blessing for me in coming to this. Cause I had the horse person to help me get all that signed because it's necessary don't get me wrong you have to know how to work with horses but i also have the ability to see just from the ground up that the horses are always speaking and i do mean always they've always got something to say even if it's the smallest little thing they're still speaking in some way or another and i had the the lovely piece of actually being able to see that right off the bat and that helped me a lot too so here's an example before carolyn came into facilitating with me can we show priscilla's picture yes so this is a girl who came into our programs and it's so funny. I, again, I still picture myself, but what happened was this girl was a major cutter. So arms and legs, I've never seen a human body so cut in my life. Now she was not going to do these programs whatsoever, but she fell in love with this guy, Pepper and Pepper himself was a super, super cool horse. I've never met another personality like him because he had actually wrecked his knee. He was a cattle penner. That was his career, I guess. But he wrecked his knee, and it was actually this this huge. Oh, you can see it. So it was a yeah, huge like, knee. That's okay. You are. Very good. Huge, <laughs> huge knee. So, anyways, he still had lots of purpose, though. So, of course, we brought him into our program. Priscilla fell in love with this guy. Think about that. She sees a horse that has an injury, some damage to them. What does this child have? This child has an injury. This child has some damage. So she connected with this horse right away. This is what this horse would always do. He would always go around her neck with his muzzle and her head and her forehead. Muzzle, 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 muzzle everywhere. I never stopped it. I didn't know what the horse was saying at the time. I do now. But I didn't know that the horse was communicating all I knew was this horse was trying to communicate something to this child. Now, why it was so beautiful is take a look at that beautiful child's face. Now, you can't see who she is totally, but I wanted you guys to see her smile because Pepper did this with her all the time and it made her feel so good. So why would I wreck that moment? Because even though I didn't understand it at the time, I knew that the horse was trying to help this girl and this mm -hmm. horse did help this girl. So really is important to listen to our intuition. Why? Because horses, that's what they are. You know, they don't have the prefrontal cortex. They don't think like us, but they're the most feeling of all beings on earth. That's why they feel when we're messed in our head, when we're not living in our moments. Horses catch that just like that. Give us a knock here. Wake up there, woman. Are you thinking of supper? Are you thinking of where you are right at the moment? So mm -hmm. it really is important to understand that horses are teaching us as humans to live in a moment because this is all we're guaranteed. We are going to die and that is a guarantee on earth. And yet we seem to ignore the fact that this is going to happen. So why live in the future or why live in the past? If horses can help us, learn from them in their communication and what it is that they need, we can actually be stronger, more grounded humans and actually appreciate the moments we live in. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, we're still human. We'll still go to the brain a lot, but really start learning to use your beautiful gift of your intuition because we as humans are gifted with that as well. And I love Chris. Good morning, Chris. It says, you bet always listen to your horses. I love that as well. Good morning, Carla too. And then... They know when they are heard. And that is so true, Betty, because then they realize that they, they can speak more, right? Yes. And I think we've told that story a bazillion times about the facilitator hey, that came in and at first was like, no, this is not okay. That horse is all over oh, somebody. Oh, with disco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Carson was out there working with disco and disco was chatty, chatty, chatty all, all, over. all over her. And uh, all of a sudden, oh, well, I, I asked, okay. Yeah, you get him all time to start. Okay, so <laughs> we asked her, she's okay. Yeah, so we asked the facilitator in training. 
are you okay with this? And she looked and she says, no, I am not. It was very clear. The second she said it, Disco was like, stopped. But it was funny because as the week went on, the more she understood about the horses and the more that she saw this going on, the more, the more, the more, all of a sudden she was at the end of it. She's like, okay, I'm ready. Like, come get him to do it. Come to me talk now. to me. But <laughs> horses don't work that no. way. No, we've tried that once too. It didn't yeah, no, it doesn't. I one time had a lady who was um, getting certified because horses here, here's the thing as well. Horses speak one language globally around the world. Globally, that we can go anywhere and horses speak the same language. They have different personalities, yes. but they have the same language. So we're getting, she's getting certified. And I was just telling her a few stories how sometimes, you know, what's happening with the humans, the stimulus that's coming to our horse. Obviously the teacher makes a change. We as facilitators step in to help in that guiding as to what that horse might be helping that human being with. Well, lots of times your horse is going to walk away from the human beings. Why? <laughs> Again, we would step in to ask them why they think the horse would go away. Because we never put what we are thinking onto mm -hmm. a person. Because that's when danger comes in. I remember, oh, there's so many stories. I, I guess I just can't tell them all. But So anyways, this one lady said to me, well, my horse will never walk away from a human being. That's right. And I'm like, no, no, horses speak the same language. It's something... Number one thing he needs to feel is safe. So if two human beings are working together and there is confusion and the humans haven't told us, we can't see that the humans are confused, but the horse would know something is off. The horse would know that he is not feeling safe. Let's, let's just say that's the example. So he maybe walks away just so I'm not sure what to do. Or maybe he stands still, like makes the stance. I ain't going nowhere because you don't know where you're going. Well, this lady said, no way my horses will always stay. And I'm like, how can you guarantee that? She goes, because I've trained them. And when I do this, this means you do not go anywhere. And I said, but here's the key. If you're actually going to partner with your horse and you trust him and they trust you and you want him to be the teacher because he has to be the teacher in these programs, you can't do tricks because mm -hmm. tricks are not part of what it is. We need the horse to naturally respond to what it is that the people are giving to them so what we got to step in so that the people can find the answers and she has that relationship with the horse the participants don't the participants won't think it'll work and then it won't right like it's never going to work it wouldn't work that way no <laughs> exactly good. yeah the other thing to do is ask your horse questions like i know we all talk to our horses because it's like oh gushy 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 jordy or whatever the case may be not hopefully that much gushy gushy, gushy jordy. <laughs> but when you ask a horse a question you have to be prepared to listen mm -hmm. through not only your ear but through your eye as to what is the horse telling you back see the horse will always answer back but are you actually listening because they give you signs. When I ask a question to the horse, maybe it's the way his ear moves. Maybe it's the way he comes in. Maybe it's when I'm like, okay. So I ask them again a specific question. And then I say, I actually need something even clearer for my humanness. And I will say this. Maybe he'll come in and he'll reaffirm something through my hand. Or he'll just say, yeah, or maybe he'll do something through his head. They're, they do talk. They understand. Remember, they're not understanding our words, no. the English words or the French words. They're not understanding that piece. They are understanding the stimulus that's coming from in and what that message is. I actually like what Carol said here, too. She said tone of voice matters. And that's so Ooh, true because yes. that goes along with the stimulus that we're providing. It's a completely different thing that we're asking for if there's anger associated with it or excitement associated with it or sadness all of those actually change the words more and the feeling of them more than the words themselves i love that piece i do too absolutely but listening is key and it's hard to get into that habit too but it's so exciting when you are in the habit of literally asking your horse even when we step in with a client we always step in to say hey so how is Faye doing right now with what's happening and now the people have a chance to talk. So you see, it's the human beings who are coming up. But I do always say, okay, here we've got the answer. So tell me through Faye's body what it is that she's saying. Mm -hmm. So that they're starting to understand that the, the clarity 
to how eloquently they actually speak. And I always think it's the same thing as well when I'm grooming a horse. And I've seen this before too, where lots of horse people, we brush really fast to get the job done, where our non-horse people do not do that. They take their time. And they're gentle. And they're gentle. And, and they're living in the moment and they're doing <laughs> their thing, right? Well, we're like, hey, we got to get this gone. We got to get the saddle. We got to do this. Not all of us, but I'm just giving an example. But it's so funny when I am doing things quicker and my mind isn't there. Seriously, my horses will come in and knock my arm with the brush, not in a hard way. And here's the difference with communication. Mm -hmm. Communicating is, hey, can I speak to you for a sec? Yes. That's communication. If a horse comes in and goes, boom, Jeez. I'm needing this. <laughs> That's not communicating. No, it is That's not. <laughs> exactly. So you want to know the difference. So when I say the horse literally takes my arm to do a move, mm -hmm. it always helps me to say, oh, my gosh. I actually was just thinking about my business or I was thinking or worried about my daughter or whatever to make me come back again. So listening, very, very, it's very important. An, an itchy horse. If they come in and they, you know, bring their forehead to you or something like that, that and nice and gentle and soft, that means something completely different than using you as a scratching post. That's not communicating at that point. That's they want to get their head scratched. So it's not the same thing. Exactly. Oh, um, the breeding piece with this all too is that a lot of times we think that horses and people do this to dogs and people and everything and else people too, too, but we think they're bred for a certain discipline. So that's all they should be doing because that's all they were bred for. Well, that's really not like an, an, an Arabian yeah. or they're, they're bred for endurance, but does that mean every Arabian on this earth has that quality mm -hmm. or what about quarter horses? working on the farm. And what if they're afraid of a cow? <laughs> what if literally yeah. they are, maybe that quarter horse doesn't like that job. That Arabian doesn't like that Plus, job. Yeah. That thoroughbred. Yeah. They're great for so many different disciplines, but again, maybe that thoroughbred doesn't want to jump or run or whatever the case may be. Like this is really listening. Does our horse, like what it is that they're doing they're telling us but are we listening now everybody has an off day as a living beings right so we're not talking about those off pieces no. but what's the consistent piece that your horse gives to you to know if he likes his job and people will go on and say things like oh my horse has got the horse went sour well it might not actually be the case if you're actually listening yes that can happen absolutely but sometimes it's not that the horse went sour necessarily it's that that's not their their direction either like we have kokanee kokanee is a phenomenally gorgeous 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 fellow and he started out as a dressage horse he's hanoverian thoroughbred yeah he's he's just so pretty but <laughs> or handsome i guess and very big he's tall and he's slender like he looks good right and he was very very good with dressage too except for one piece of it that he just couldn't canter a certain way and it wasn't that they you know couldn't have worked that <clears throat> the heck out of him or whatever else like that but she actually her his owner took the opportunity to stop and say okay well you know we've tried the different things we, we're gonna listen now because this is not what he's meant to be doing he came here and his life totally changed so it's not that just because they were bred into that piece or bred for that purpose that that's their only purpose they have so much more to give when you can open up and actually listen to what they're asking for and what they want to do with their lives as well and have purpose piece with it too. And Lisa was saying the same thing with standard breads. Many people think they have no purpose after racing. Mm. It, exactly. There's purpose to every living being yeah. on this cares. earth. We, we have to have purpose or why the heck are we all here? It yeah. isn't just to look at each other. Yeah, because that's all we get to do right now. <laughs> Just yeah. to let you but know. But even broodmares, you think of that part too, yes. of having the babies and the babies and the babies and the babies. And then what? Because they stopped having babies, they're, they're, they're nothing useless. anymore? No. They're beautiful. Yes. We have a matriarch here as well. And she is stunning with what? So beautiful. The line of respect for all kinds of people. So here horses speak one language, but now we bring in personalities. Now, personalities is what make the whole business explode with excitement because... It's just so grand how non-horse people, well, even horse people will attract themselves to that teacher, mm -hmm. what it is that they need to learn from that teacher. And through that personality, that's when all of the ahas come out. Yeah. Well, even Brandon is one of our guys. He's got 
personality coming out of every part of him and even where people want to work with him it's because they always come back to i really needed that laugh today or that his personality was so amazing I and i love hearing people starting to really figure out that they have these different personalities and that they're giving them what they need as a result of them too and that they mesh with different personalities in different ways too it's, it's always so oh i got a great story with that one too but oh my goodness oh my gosh it's, it's already that too. time Oh, shoot. Will you I, remember the story for another time? Though? It's Brandon's story. And you better how just tell it. the non-horse non people discovered his personality before us horse people mm, did. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so brilliant when people come in and they hear something different. It's just beautiful. And I remember that he would they would always let him chew on his rope. Now, lots of horse people, that's a major no-no. I never felt it was a problem because I didn't let him do it with his bridle, but with the halters like and lead rope, oh, who cares? I've had him for like 13 years. He's never even ever chewed through a lead rope. Yeah. So when horse people come in to get certified, not all of them, but a lot of them will pull the rope literally out of Brandon's mouth constantly. Now they're not listening to what that horse needs. That horse is needing something. They're not listening. They're just taking control by removing it. No, that's the wrong way. Well, these kids, these teenage boys discovered that, what they learned is Brandon actually needs the rope to chew on because it's a pacifier for him. It makes him feel more relaxed, calmer, and comfortable while them as humans figured out what it was that they needed to do with him in an obstacle. So I'm like, oh, that's beautiful when you have personality in there <laughs> so and fun. people figure it out. So our, our, our third, Next, yes, yep. is now <laughs> the watching. So watching our horses. Oh. You know, this is actually a gift. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we should do this part. Yes, just we before, should. Before we go on to the next one. In case they don't want to stay with us. Over halfway through. But you do want to stay with us. So the next piece we want you to do is type in sweep. This is our giveaway for today to get a phenomenal video on how you can sweep your horses after working with them. And Carrie does a lot in the video that will kind of explain a lot more about it and why you would do it. But it's an amazing way to help them to release the stuff that they don't need after working. And, and really the stuff they don't need is the stuff that we put on them gave them so <laughs> no matter what discipline you're in no matter what you're doing working with your horses or if you have clients working with them this is a great habit it's like maintenance for our horses but every single time we catch our horse we should be doing that because our intention stimulus pressure all yes. of our stuff goes on to our horse and just so you're aware because we are not fluffy certification mm -hmm. we know likey the fluffy no lucky so even in the wild, this is why it's done, is because the moms are always sweeping and releasing stuff for their babies. So really take a watch of the video. It's really good, and you'll see what your horses are going to love it once they get used to it. I love this one, too, from Cherie. That's why we let our nervous riders chew gum. So true. We let our people do things. Yes. Dinners, whatever else, and then our horses, don't you get that out of your mouth. That's not fair. That is <laughs> flipping brilliant. Yep. Never even thought of that one before. I love that. Thank you, Cherie. Yeah, Ooh. and Claudette had an amazing one here too. Slicker Appaloosa. Oh my goodness. That came to the rescue. Strongly disliked the previous job that he was deemed. He was a biter. Hate hated people once he was there he was the best horse ever he lived his new role and loved people he's my best teacher now so that's pretty phenomenal because he listened Listen. so going to back to the watching so the number one thing now that we understand the number one th thing a horse needs to feel is safe now go watch a hurt mm. go watch your hurt knowing the number one thing they need to feel is safe how are they moving how are they touching where do they go what are they saying to each other? And not just saying as in a verbal, because every single verbal sound that they make is a need for survival. So this is why we must understand what each sound actually means, because no two sounds mix in together. They're all very separate ways of hearing. But what are they doing in that herd together? Watch where a horse goes like this. And where's that energy pointing at that other horse? And when that horse does that, what does the other horse do? Like hear what they're saying to each other. And it is a fun day. Like take out a chair, yep. take out your sunglasses, take out a paper and a pen, your coffee, your drink, whatever your favorite beverage is. Sit there and just watch. You will be, you'll be shocked. Four hours later, you're going to be, I cannot <laughs> believe four hours has just passed by. Yep. But by watching, 
you're actually starting to hear what it is that they're saying. And you, you'll see when you watch and then you bring them into your arena, they're telling us the same things. So why are we refusing to listen to it instead of doing the control piece? We don't want to control our horses. We want to listen so that we partner with our horses. Well, Betty Ann says, a fun date. It is a fun date. <laughs> I do agree. Even if it's a date just by yourself. It's a good time. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things we have to always watch for as well is how we can maintain our horses in a different or better way. Our horses give us so much inclination as to when something's kind of going off with them. But if we aren't watching for it or paying attention or listening to it, we can really miss the boat on a lot of things. So if we are seeing our horses are constantly doing something or constantly having a similar behavior, that's when we can step in and really make sure that we're properly maintaining them. Because part of feeling feeling safe for them is making sure that they know that their their boundaries as well with us humans. And that's how we feel safe with them too. So we have to make sure that we're watching to make sure we're maintaining them and what they need to be maintained on. Like JR, we don't have to practice wool wing with JR. JR knows how to do that inside and outside. However, there are some things that we might see with our participants that we're like, mm, okay, maybe we've seen this a couple of times now. It's time to revisit this so that we can get her back into ship shape so she knows exactly what she's supposed to be doing too. You know, and sometimes even taking Jaya, for example, we as humans thought that that's what she was saying and she consistently says the same thing. So it makes us have to wake up to say we're not hearing her properly. Mm -hmm. Maybe when we're stepping in, we're saying the wrong words to our clients which we have to be open to knowing that because maybe that's not what she's wanting us to say. She's wanting us to help them in a different way. And again, it's always in allowing the human to be empowered and coming up with their own answers. We never tell a human being what mm -hmm. the horse is saying, you got to do this, this, and this. Yeah. We have never How presumptuous ever. of us. Too. Yeah, we can't do we that. We have any idea, no. right? <laughs> the other thing is get in the habit of not only watching your horse, but go off to a clinic. Go and watch some of these shows. Well, when you, when can, you can again, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. But when you can again and watch other horses, are they liking their job? How can you tell? How can you tell the difference to, between the horses that are loving what it is that they're doing with that light in their eye and even the way that they move and walk versus a horse is tight, tight in the face, nice. lots of those worried wrinkles, ears flicking all the time. Watch other people's horses. It is beyond amazing what you start to understand. Mm -hmm. Horse horse language. It's so true. Even going to the main events, because we usually have a booth and stuff there. If I get the opportunity, I always go sneak in to see what somebody's doing, because it's amazing what you can see when you're really, really looking. When you're working with your own horses, sometimes you can forget to watch in that same depth, but if you have the opportunity to sit back and really see all those things, you'll be more aware of it in your own horses too. It's so it's beautiful. So the last thing is, number four is understanding. Is this right for my horse? You have to understand, is this right for my horse? And especially in business, because we don't use horses, it's against the law. We actually work with horses. We actually partner with horses and we actually allow the horse to be the full teacher. We do not take control of the situation. The number one thing a horse needs to feel and understanding is safe. But you know what? Even in business, human beings, the number one thing they need to feel is safe. So this is why we have to clearly understand everything so we're all at a safe place. Yes. With Betty Ann, what she said here as well, she said it's hard to watch sometimes with those clinics. And I 1 oh. bazillion percent agree. Yes. Some of them are harder than others. Try to go for the good ones. It's not going to be like, Ooh. but when they do some of the training ones, sometimes if you like work, if you get to watch horses from start to finish with work or even Doug, one of our other- Oh, Doug Wall, she's so amazing. amazing. I love to watch people like that because they see it too. Right. And they'll actually stop so that you can see the change from the beginning with the horse to the end and see how the mouth relaxes. The eyes stop with the wrinkles and they just look like a totally different horse if you're watching. So but that's a really good point, too. It can be hard sometimes. It really is. Now, here is one thing to be aware of. There is no such thing. This is understanding a, a horse. There's no such thing as a bomb proof horse. No yeah. such thing. Doesn't exist. Now, I understand what people are saying is that they're saying they're really desensitized. They're so safe, but that's a lie too. I've had met, I have had horses from other horse people who this horse was not the same horse. 
So there can be things with that. When we understand what a horse actually needs, feeling safe, what a horse is saying through that communication, through body and everything, is this horse a happy horse? Understanding a horse does not think like us. Mm -hmm. Understanding that a prey has flight. Understanding that a prey is not who we are. When we understand these things, we could never, ever put a label on that a horse is bomb proof. A prey yeah. animal will always, always have to do what's right for him to feel safe. And that is, if he is in danger in any time, he is going to try to get away. There is no human being, and I love this sometimes because people say, no, I'm the head of the herd. Now, here's the thing. We are the head of our herd when we're in our business. Because, of course, they're in our arena. They're in our outside space. But if you have a herd of 10 horses, for example, and let's say the head of the herd, because, you see, the horses know you're human and they're horses. So the head of the herd is another horse. So whoever the head of the herd is says it is time that we go. And I'm not talking wild horses right now because that wouldn't, it would be opposite. Different. Then it would be our mare going. But the head would leave. And there'd be no way I could stand there to say, whoa, everybody, you're safe. Come back with me. They would literally run me over yeah. to follow mm -hmm. what that head of the herd is actually doing. There is a respect there, 100%, that you can have with your horses. But you're not going, it just doesn't filter through that way. <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't, doesn't go back and forth. It, it really doesn't. But again, it's just really, when we understand what we have, you see, it makes it so much easier on helping other human beings mm -hmm. to be able up to be around these beautiful horses because safety is number one. Uh, personality, we've already talked about a lot of that. We know yeah. horses speak one language, the personality pieces are the ice, icing on top of the cake, but we got to understand their personalities. Mm -hmm. That's listening too. Some horses just need to do certain things. We have two horses who lift their legs like a dog. <laughs> to get scratched like yeah. that's just part of their personality and it makes people so happy where other people are like oh, he's gonna kick me but he's not because we've heard through the rest of his body what it is he's saying so really keep that personality in mind as well absolutely heart math do we i think we talked about yeah we did heart bit. math before remember horses hearts huge our hearts are small that's why through research horses are healers horses are healing so if you're going into business because you know the healing that has come from your horse to you, that is what you want to help other people with. And now you have a factual research piece with horses' hearts being so big, they pump slower. So when we step into their 15 feet and we keep stepping in, what will eventually happen, even with us humans having a very moving fast heart is our heart rate actually goes to the horse's heart rate mm -hmm. and that is why it's great because our little hearts pump much faster right so the big heart rate that's why they are healers because when we can breathe <laughs> wow yeah it, it makes us much happier calmer mm -hmm. people you know we always thought it was just us women who stopped breathing and we would always hold our breath and stuff but from working with guys too we realized yeah you guys do it too <laughs> it's not just women it is very true going into this herding piece that we mentioned we would come back to is one of their strongest instincts is actually coming together to herd now they are not always together on top of each other as we mentioned with the touch piece but you will see our horses it's two times usually a day hey that they three come, times three times a day that they come together to actually be together they groom they do some of the stuff that they need to kind of connect but then they kind of move out again too but they have to have that ability to come together because why not only is this their strongest instinct they need to balance each other you see they know anything that's off within each other that's why they want to do it to us because they can sense through everything that's happening it's our energy highways yeah and even through science we all know our us as living beings all have energy highways so if we have these energy highways and some of them are blocked horses help each other to unblock it's kind of like a a garden hose it's beautiful everything's flowing oh we get a kink in <gasps> it hurts it, it doesn't feel the same mm -hmm. so horses need to literally be with another horse Horses are not meant to live alone. Yeah, not over a fence. No horse is meant to live alone. And you're right. If they're going to share the space mm -hmm. and if they're going to herd, they need to do it together and not over a fence because they will go through the whole body. Watch your horses and what they do. 
Yeah, it's really amazing. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that posting, like Carolyn was telling you about. Now, there's a great book, and I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the book, but in the wild, horses actually have zones, and we actually do have a graph. We could have set, uh, yeah. sent that to you too as well, but you get the sweeping video, yeah. so that's going to be worth it. Another time. <laughs> but this is uh, one of their zones, and I think it's the number four. If you watch your horses as well, what will a horse do to another horse? He might do something like this. Now, that is their friendship zone, so this is why if a horse comes into you, and I never... It was only until two years ago when I found out more knowledge. When a horse comes into you, and again, if he's rubbing his forehead on you and you are not off balance, that means he's communicating with you. Friendship zone. Letting you know this is the friendship. He's feeling some friendship. This is good. He will do that with other horses. Now, if a horse comes in and plows you with wanting to be rubbed. Whiplash after this live. <laughs> I know. But you see, that's not. He's saying, I am itchy. But you see, we still kind of let the horses do that to mm -hmm. us because you should have more respect. We all should for ourselves. It's not polite. I would never let a human being take me off balance. A horse should never take you off balance when they are communicating with you. If they are, then you know you've got to step into that horsemanship piece that you have to say no, because you see you taking control of the situation is now what? Making you a leader. What does a leader give to the horse? Safety, because a leader knows what it is that's safe for them. That would be a really good one to bring into another series too. We're we're contemplating the next piece coming through, and that might be a good one. Okay, let we the zones. Yes. Okay, Maybe. I like that. <laughs> I hope power. The fourth or the fifth piece is trust. Now, here is the thing: you have to one hundred percent trust your horse, and they have to one hundred percent trust you. However, a horse can't one hundred percent trust us. If we're actually not listening to them. Mm -hmm. If we do not understand what it is that they're saying, how are we ever going to build a hundred percent trust with each other? It, it's not possible. It like we really have to take trust in mind. Now, here was the thing as well. This is what I personally did because working on the ground didn't cut it for me. I love working on the ground. Don't get me wrong. I love working with the horses on the ground, but I get bored very easy. It's kind of like a round pen. When I do round pen, I'm like, this is the most boring thing in the world, <laughs> round and around and around. And don't get me wrong. I understand we sometimes need to do this. When but. I first started, though, and I was getting into the horse world, and I would see all these people round pen, I'm like, I, I don't, why would they make them run around in circles? I could never comprehend it until I figured out stuff later. But I was like, circles. All right. The one thing I did to get to trust, because, you know, doing noodles and tarps and all this ground stuff wasn't <laughs> enough for me to trust my horse. I did Liberty or other people call it double Dan. Now this was the most amazing thing that changed the lives of me with my horses personally, because to be able to communicate and work with a horse without tools, without those lead lines and halters to have a horse, to want to connect with you because through body, through communication, you're hearing each other. You know what you're doing wrong because one false move at the shoulder and the horse comes into you. Like it mm -hmm. is such a teaching moment to clearly understanding. And then when we understand and we trust each other, that's why equine assisted learning works so beautiful yeah. because there is now 100% complete trust in all of the horses because you can't do this if you don't have 100% trust in your horse. No, and I mean, and part of that trust is understanding, like we were talking about, that they are horses. You have to be able to trust their personalities and each of them separately in their own separate pieces and places that they work with. But it really comes down to thinking of their welfare first. Is this where they want to be? And answering all of these questions that we've started this live about today. Wow, there's tons. I, <laughs> so, uh, Sonia, I love what you said here. I wish I had known about you and this before I got my horse. I had a bad accident and then sold him. There's oh. too much I didn't know. Your wisdom is gold. We go oh, back to that. You don't know what you don't know until, until you, you do know, know. Right? And that's um, there's always opportunities for more learning and Absolutely. for bringing horses back into our lives as well. You bet. Heidi says Liberty is her favorite. Betty, I have a story for you. I'll try to email it. Oh, please do. I always like stories like that. Yep. Send one. Absolutely. Again, my name is Carolyn Charles. I'm director of sales and marketing with the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning and an instructor and facilitator.
and I'm <laughs> Carrie Fulmack, the founder and master instructor. And I tell you, I can't believe how long we've spoken for. But remember, you have one life and you have one life understanding with these beautiful horses. And remember, don't ever feel bad. It is what it is. We are where we are right now. But now you know, and you're going to know more. We keep learning all the time. This is why I love it when we all share together. Because when we don't keep secrets and we're all globally wanting to understand horses better, let's all do it together. Because together is the best way because then we get more knowledge faster. So thank you so much for joining us and loving your horses so, so much to know if this is right for my horse. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in today with us gals from Equine Connection on today's episode of Changing Lives with a Horse, of course. Next week, we're going to have tons more information and please join us then for more chatting on how these phenomenal creatures are really the best teachers around. We'll talk to you all then.